We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. That wasn't copyrighted, was it? Fine. Um, okay. Hey, have we had an Iron Maiden song in our entire run of the show? Hey, somebody get that that guy uh, did some nasal surgery, am I right? Okay, I'm sorry, continue. No, uh, who, me? No, no, you already I've had, had nasal surgery. Listen, yeah. Churchill. Um, I'm sorry. That's continue. why you've got a podcast and Winston Churchill doesn't. Yeah. I don't, that's the reason. I don't think that we've ever done an Iron Maiden song, but maybe. We, I wasn't uh, asking we you, JD. No. We did. Uh, song, you wouldn't song, remember. Song sequels. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. And I nailed it. For this one, right? Uh, I don't remember. Wasn't it Ace of Star? I think yeah. so. Tail Gunner, I think, was the follow-up. <laughs> Uh, well, no, no matter what the answer is, I'm only playing this because I wanted to hear Churchill's speech from their live shows. And uh, I had picked the, you know, famously, in, is it live or live after death? It's live. Is it? Live after death, yeah. Why would you call it live after death? That's stupid. Because then you're immortal. Yeah. Cause You're no longer a slave to the power of death at that point. You're no longer a power slave. Because Eddie was Eddie's coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, no, the grave. Uh, he's, anyways, that's always been a good argument. <clears throat> anyways, that's always from their live shows. They play the Churchill speech, uh, and uh, it, it's called uh, "We Shall Fight on the Beaches." Apparently, I assume because he's a fan of Quadrophenia. Yeah, who isn't? Uh, yeah, because I have no idea what was going on at the time when he gave that speech. But I bet you there was bad people threatening summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> was, he like, was he like the king of a little tropical island? Because it seemed like they really they had beaches. An island? It sounds lovely. Yeah. Did they name the cigarettes after him because it's what they did to his voice? Winston's? Oh. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a misty man myself. They gave him gigantic boogers in his throat? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Newports. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, but we're here to talk about Iron Maiden, or are we not? Uh, they loved summer vacation, by the way. Um, they always played uh, that Churchill speech before Aces High, a song about card games, because this is when Churchill spoke those immortal words of, we will never surrender, a phrase that is, that is, was, wait, what? That is so strong and so metal, it spawned an entire subgenre of motivational songs called Never Surrenders. Beyond your rock. How's that for an open I wrote at four in the morning and then never looked back at it again? It was, it was, it was beautiful, it was concise. Really I, I love it. it. This is a Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. We make up musical genres and count down the top songs in those genres from 10 to 1. My name is J.D. Rizdar. I'm Hollywood Steve. Dave. Hunter. And I'm, we, the, I'm the captain. Oh, and we invented the term oh, Yacht we Rock. Them, we sure fight them again and again. And so we throw them. We sure fight them some more. We throw them out of the genre. We sure fight them to Yacht Rock. Um, I'm regretting my 
You know, JD, I think I think you really missed the mark by not naming your kids Misty and Newport. <laughs> that would have been really cool. I think I'm naming it Lady Junior Virginia Slim. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a complex from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Hi, Virginia Slim, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want that to be a, become an ironic nickname. Dave, Dave, you picked a Yacht Rock song to cover today. What's this song? All right, I think you guys are going to like this one. Now, what I normally prefer my Boone family members to be in a metal mood, wrapped up in a leather this vest. It's really low. I'm going to turn it up. With a little, little twinkle in their eye. My hat's off to Debbie here. This is Pat Boone's third of four daughters with the song Jamie. With the same woman? I assume. I don't know his business. Uh, this hot little number appeared on our third album and was never released as a single. It's a true deep cut, and thanks to Handsome Hollywood over there for uh, boning me a throw for my bone throw. Hell yeah. So after she hit number one with what would be the longest lasting number one song of all time with You Light Up My Life, it was assumed that she could do no wrong, but boy was she wrong. Her next single barely charted, and her next album was described as Forgettable at Best by me. What was it called? Uh, Forgettable at Best. For her third album, she did what her parents did when they had their third daughter and simply named it Debbie Boone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shame she didn't have more jams like this one because it goes from a toe tapper to a foot stomper. Disco beginnings right into some of that good old... Hold the line. Yeah, this is a rockin' yacht rack song. That is. Is this mall yacht? Might be close. Was she kind of a, like a Christian mall? She, thought, she, was, she got there. Christian, I'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, she was a stone star. fox. Yeah. But she was like a teen star, right? No? I don't know. Yeah, Dave, kinda. do you want to talk about it when you get there? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it when he gets there. Um, all right, personnel. On vocals, you've got, Finally. You got Debbie Boone. And as far as I can tell, no other uh, toe dips from her. I, I didn't find yeah. any other and ones. And Steve, Steve dug deep. Uh, this next part is interesting if you like Yacht Rock. <laughs> it's uh, co-written by Jay Gruska, who, as everyone knows, was the lead singer of Maxis. Uh, now, the rest of the personnel I could only find in Wikipedia, and they're credited for the album, so I don't know if they were on this song or not. But, you know, fuck it. They were all on this song. You heard it here. Uh, you've got crazy-ass wingnut Jeff Baxter, who I'd like to point out, despite being briefly in the doobies, is not considered to be a straight-up rocker of yacht. Uh, David Foster is on keys, and he arranged these songs on the album. Waddy Wachtel and Lee Rittenauer on the six strings, and old Beanbag Boddicker on synths. That's a catchy nickname. Was Boddicker in Maxis, too? No. Bodker was in. He he did it. He he worked a lot with uh, Phil and Gaines with. Uh, no, Bodker had a band, didn't he? No, well, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay, he was in st- stuff. He may have been. You know, well, we don't, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, never mind. Okay. No. Um, LA, LA also, Express. Uh, LA Express. But he might have been. You've also got the Sea Wind Horns. Oh, credited, which is a group that I seem to remember discussing, but I may be confusing it with the band Sea Level. Robbie Buchanan is who I'm thinking yeah. of from Max. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, around this time, Debbie made it very obvious that she wanted to be known as a country and Christian performer because it's easier to sell things to people that aren't that smart. Country and Christian? Yeah. Man. Together at last. Uh, and yet she made a disco yacht song. So. Yeah. Uh, Debbie was later decapitated by a train. All right. Shall we get into 
Teddy, Wait, when, else were, when were you going to get to the part about her being a teen star? Didn't have time. Yep. She was decapitated by a train. Yeah, choo-choo. <laughs> Anything else? Choo-choo, motherfucker. Anything else to add about Debbie Boone? Steve, you found this song. You listen to a lot of Debbie song, Boone. yeah. No, I just, I forget what I was poking around looking for, but I found, uh, I think I think I was looking at Max's credits, maybe, and I found yeah. Jake Gruska on something or other. Or it might have been during the Yacht Jesus research period. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, that I found this Debbie period. Boone Yacht Rock song. And uh, welcome to the boat, Debbie Boone. All right, you ready to talk about Never Surrenders, Hunter? I'm never not ready to not talk about Never Surrenders. Whoa. Whew. Man. <clears throat> okay, summer's over. And, <laughs> and just like last time summer was over, we listened to some metal. And on that day, it was the heaviest of the metal. And here's a song that just didn't quite make the cut, mostly because it, it, it's pretty much just classic metal. It, uh, it wasn't heavy enough as it didn't have that solid synth opening. Um, but it's really great metal. It shouldn't, shouldn't get overlooked. This is a Hold On To The Vision by Frank Harris from the cinema classic No Retreat, No Surrender. I gotta oh, say yeah. something. We haven't mentioned it yet. If those of you who maybe are just catching up with the podcast now and haven't heard the original heavy metal episode, this is... Uh, M-E-D-A-L metal uh, with like a gold medal mm-hmm. uh, and this is this is music tell me if I'm wrong this is music that inspires you to reach for the top and win a gold medal yes okay hey, uh, go back and listen to episode 37 because it's a really good episode yeah it's, it would help you win a medal of any sort even yeah. if it's a personal medal mm-hmm. yeah it inspires you to individual achievements yes we all got medals for the podcast that night we did and tonight we all got Crystal Pepsi. That's right. In yeah. place of metal. Crystal. How, how many grams of sugar in this bottle of Crystal Pepsi? Well, here's the ad, Almost here's the, 70. Here's the, ad, here's, the, here's the ad copy we have to read. Uh, Crystal Pepsi is back to help you reach for the gold medal. Chocked with 69 grams of sugar, Crystal Pepsi is all you need to be number one. Okay, back to the podcast. Yes. <clears throat> I got to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep the lights on. So, so back to uh, Hold On to the Vision. Uh, it's got lines like, reach for the power from within, and you face the truth alone. And because your biggest challenge is the one that lies within yourself. Oh, isn't that true? This is the 100% the spirit of metal. But here's the thing. Some statements and constructs are so metal that entire songs can be built around them. You hear that on the second verse when Frank says, never surrender from the doubts that cloud your mind. This idea of never surrendering, it's more often internal. Your mind, body, or spirit wants to quit. Still, you commit to never surrendering. This is a bold statement, one that's hard to live up to. One might say impossible. I call these certain statements like maybe, who knows, take no prisoners, or today uh, we have never surrender. These are precious metal, because while rare, it's so bold and motivating that once you pen a song title like with never surrender, it immediately becomes metal, even if, you, even if that's not what you're known for. It just becomes a metal song, of course to varying degrees, which is what the countdown today is about. You can move on to the next song. I also like precious metals. 
A song called Never Surrender is something everybody wants. Of course. So it has value. Of course. Okay. And it's shiny. Yeah. And it's pretty. Um, and also to exemplify the power of Never Surrender, I want to point out that it's cross-cultural. This is Japanese metal band Wolf yeah. with their song Never Surrender. Ooh. I don't think they speak a lick of English and I a lick of Japanese, but still, never surrendering goes beyond borders. Mm-hmm. I know they're talking about the fire that burns within and fighting till the end, and they, and they, boy, do they know how to never surrender. It's clear. That's how precious metal... Hold on. Mm-hmm. That's how precious the metal is. So let's get to the countdown with the 10 best never surrenders. Wait, hon, I have one question. Yes. What would you say differentiates a never surrender from a no surrender i mean besides the one word and the smaller number of songs on spotify with that title well you wrote this down and i appreciate the questions and i know the other boys have some answers of their own so i'd like for them to go first and i'll tell you what i think Sue. okay see i think never surrender is a little tougher it's more reaching it's a little more over the top and i think that no surrender is more of an order and never surrender is a lifestyle. Mm, mm. Both both of these are compelling. Yeah, good answers. Like smoking Newports. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Hold on. I gotta pay the got, bills. Gotta read this ad. <laughs> yep. Newport minty menthol Newports for when you're out of gum and your lungs are way too pink. It's like mouthwash for your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Newports. When you hack up something in the morning, don't you wish it tasted like mint? Only $3 a pack in Red States. Newports. So here's the difference between never surrendering and no surrendering. Usually no surrendering comes with something like no retreating. No retreat, no no surrender. Right, like in the Bruce Springsteen version of no surrender. Never surrendering is a choice. No surrender really implies you have no other choice. You can't surrender. Never surrendering is a choice that you make within. It's an order, like I said, in a way. Maybe an order from the universe, from fate. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're not taking any prisoners, so there's no surrendering. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we're going to die on this fucking hill. Yes. But the, the, you know what? I don't think I'm going to surrender today. That's never surrendering. Yeah, no, there's, there's, when, you, when there's no surrender, there's no way out. When you never surrender, there is a way out. You could easily take it. I, yeah. I have to clarify what Dave just said, because you said... I'm not going to surrender today. That's never surrendering. No, that's not surrendering today. You understand? Right. We have to get this exactly right. Never surrendering. Yeah, that's a cubic zirconium argument you made right there. No, no, no. And I I realize what I did. Like, no surrender. If you don't die that day, you may live to surrender another day. Yes. But never surrendering, you know what that means? That means you never fucking surrender. Yeah. And we should talk about... Not us. We're misty men. We should... should. And if you like the cool taste of a... Of a Misty 120. We should talk about briefly, I don't know if, the, if you guys remember when we originally talked about... If you want to play that first song again, I don't think we heard the whole thing. If you guys want to talk about when we originally talked about... Well, you the, mean Iron Maiden? No, 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 this song. Oh, yeah. The idea of never surrendering. Do you remember when we talked about it, why this whole thing came about? Yeah, because yeah. I, I wanted to do... Because uh, Dave's dad died. Oh, really? I mean, I'm not surprised. I knew he died. <laughs> I thought it was because I wanted to do a, a genre where all the songs were called rock and roll, and you were like, no, Never Surrender is way better. And I said, you're right. 
No, it was we were. It was after your dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. We were all sitting around. We named uh, our company Dixon Denim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were coming up with a lot of yeah, really good ideas. A lot of, lot of, lot of gold flying around. And you and uh, we got the golf cart up on two wheels. <laughs> and uh, your 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 best friend Dave was there, and we were talking about never surrendering. Just you know, that's good post-funeral talk. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, about how a lot of uh, a lot of uh, songwriters made that commitment. That's a hard commitment to, to live up to, and yeah. so so I went. I took it upon myself to find all those people who made that commitment. Wow! And that's what we're going to talk about today. Also, we had a thing called a freedom run that night. Did you guys do a freedom run? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we, we grabbed the largest American flag we could find off of a neighbor's golf cart. <laughs> found, the, found the fastest golf cart we could, which oh. was my mom's golf cart. And, <laughs> and the only the only one we had access to. And we rode around the golf course, waving old glory yep. mm-hmm. and drinking our booze. Yep. There's more around the neighborhood, wasn't it? Well, we got on the golf cart. Bed. Yeah, we got we got on the. It was about eleven o'clock. Yeah, at night. Mom, if you're listening, we didn't go on the golf course. No, nope. <laughs> you're not going to lose your membership. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that night we never surrendered. We did not. Uh, okay, you ready? This is a good count. Let's get into it. Number 10. <clears throat> Let's see. Where are we? Okay, here's a little song I dug up uh, to potentially be on the Touched by Loggins and McDonald's show on Sirius XM. When they were still our friends, uh, but this was clearly the genesis of this podcast. Yeah, really. But, but this is clearly not yacht rock. Uh, but what it is is it's a never surrender, because this is Don Feld- Felder with a with an assist from Kenny Loggins, who co-wrote and did backgrounds on this, with the song "Never Surrender" from both the Fast Times at Ridgemont High soundtrack and his solo album "Airborne" from 1983. Hmm. This is also some light Camaro summer. Uh, this is some, like a red hot electro Camaro summer. Yeah, this they, is a night they, the street. It's every. It's a, actually that's sultry hits, but it's got the pillars of freedom in it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, but it's it, you're right. It's light. They tried to toughen it up with that guitar riff, but it doesn't quite get there. Doesn't quite have that American beef. Yeah, yeah. more like a chicken sausage. Yeah. <laughs> It's inter- well, let, me, let me ask you this. Okay, since you brought up the Camaro Summer thing, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I put this one in number 10 because it's basically about trying to not lose your virginity. <laughs> <laughs> Which pre-AIDS seems super hard to do. Or pre-AIDS panic, should yeah. I say, because this yeah. is right at the time when... This when is what it was still called grid. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, perhaps this is just an analogy for finding the fire inside and not giving it away until your goals have been achieved. Uh... But on face value, it's about never surrendering the pain, if you really listen to it. Um, yeah, so either way, uh, yeah, this, but it'll, it'll give you, it'll help you add a little 10 or 15 on your bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you're so damn horny, you got to work it out. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, because Loggins, he's the guy who wrote, I'm all right, nobody worry about me, which is a song about a masturbating teen whose mom is trying to get through his locked bedroom door. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Why don't you just let me be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to the magistrate. You know, yeah. million dollar idea. You know how your phone uh, like won't let you do things when you're driving. Yeah. I think uh, I think your phone should know when you're uh, jerking it, so it won't take calls from your mom. 
<laughs> I bet you you could build that app into an Apple iWatch. Or or just call your mom first and say, hey, don't, don't call me for the next 15 uh, minutes. You could make like a silky handband that you like. You put your phone in this case. It has a silky handband that goes around your palm. And then the phone is on the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. So you're gripping your dick stick. And you're, you're jerking just, that. You're just trying to run up your step count. <laughs> <laughs> it could be called step count. Yeah. So, so let me ask you a question. A whole other category on your uh, eye health. So when that motion's going on, basically, and your mom tries to call, it goes straight to a special message that goes, yeah. Door's locked, Mom! David is out reading to the blind right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if I think about it, I guess, you know, this song, I guess maybe the Reagan era needed an antidote to all the wacky teen sex comedies where the dudes would make a pact or a bet or whatever to all lose their virginity. Oh, yeah, like Screwballs. You could, yeah. Or, uh, and Screwballs 2. Uh, yeah, and Meatballs. Or Screwballs 3. And Meatballs 2. That, that's the one where they uh, were at a hotel and they accidentally cooked the co- t- cocaine into the souffle. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but you could you could probably if you just change a few words you could probably adapt this song into an anthem for all those new online subcultures where dudes swear not to masturbate. Like uh, you know, it'd be the opposite of what. No fap. Like the, yeah, like the, the no fap or the, the yeah. <laughs> That's there's, what it's there's called. At least a couple other ones. Or Trump, I mean, those, Trump those guys. Those guys. Those guys. They have some indomitable willpower. You those and I guys. go to very different websites. Twitter, like Twitter. Oh, no, I go to that one. Um, so with what I said, would you still think this is a Camaro Summer song? Yeah. About not losing your virginity? Yeah, why not? I mean, okay. I just want to stay free that way. Yeah, they're free. It's free. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's like not... Camaro Summer. It's not like... Okay. It's not, it doesn't have the heavy-duty beef that I'm really looking forward to. That's no, like Cor- Corvair Summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Berlinetta Summer. Well, I'll just mention, I want to mention uh, Don Felder. Uh, we know him as uh, one of the lower eagles. So he's, he's, he's more like a hawk, really. Yeah. I just want to say Lemmy was the lead singer of uh, Hawkwind. Thank you. Should have said that up top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he joined those dudes in 1974 with the slide guitar cameo, and they gave him his eagles jean jacket with the sleeves <laughs> ripped off. And that sp- meant he was in the band. <laughs> I thought you spelled Camaro wrong. What? No, it's cameo. <laughs> like a slide guitar Camaro. Uh, like a slightly. And never mind. Uh, I'll think of it and laugh about it later. Yeah. Um, he'd become a <laughs> he'd become a major contributor to Hotel California, the song and the album. Yeah. And uh, later, it was his fights with Glenn Fry would that would uh, in part lead to their breakup. Oh, John Felder, doing the Lord's work. Amen. Uh, so here he is uh, spreading his wings with the solo offering, and the man wasn't a stranger to soundtracks, producing a song for uh, Secret Admirer and especially the sort of uh, lead track to the movie Heavy Metal. It's a jam. Met- that's metal with a T, that movie. Yes, Heavy yeah. Metal. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and then he with, uh, uh, never stopped surrendering. Hagar the Horrible on the vocals. No, that was a different song. No. Hagar the Wonderful. Oh, I'm thinking of that comic strip that yeah. constantly cracks me up, yeah. but sometimes hits a little too close to home. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, man? Gotta keep those funny papers uh, out of out of your face these days. Yeah. <laughs> Crack yeah. a smile. You have to go to the doctor. Oh, I love the brutal domestic violence and handicap. <laughs> <laughs> Dagwood's big old sandwich. Oh, it's so good. All right, let's move on. It's an aberration. 
Fear is the air that cowards breathe! Fear is the first taste of defeat! Number nine. <clears throat> All right. Here's a gem from the new wave of British heavy metal. D. This is, <laughs> this is Saxon with the song Never Surrender. Well, this is Saxon with the song Never Surrender from their bicultural album Denim and Leather yeah. from 1980. Uh, let me see if I have this right. So Saxon and their, uh, and their like took... Uh, the mantle of the rockers in the late 70s and 80s with their sort of recession-affected lower-middle-class anger and hardcore prog-punk, whereas the mods became the post-punk new wave guys with their social disillusion and nice haircuts. Did I, did I generalize that right? Yeah, I follow I, that. I usually think of it as who went to art school versus who was trying to avoid a lifelong factory job. So yeah, it sounds about right. Okay. Although at that point in, in uh, British history, I think uh, both of those groups were just trying to get off the dole. So it's, uh, it's a good thing that they uh, persisted. Yeah, so the, you, have, you have this sort of lower middle class, lower class. You need to never surrender when you're in there to get to, you know, to survive. And that's, uh, that's where Saxon is coming from. Um, how about some fun Saxon facts? Uh, Saxon Faxons? <laughs> Faxon Saxon. <laughs> Boy, we couldn't wait to jump on that one. Yeah. Uh, so they're from uh, South, South Yorkshire, uh, which has a beautiful dialect of the English langu- language. Uh, they sound like Ned Stark. You ever watch that show on HBO? Mm-hmm. Uh, their original name was Son of a Bitch. Uh, they also had fans who wore both denim and leather, Ooh. and sometimes both at the same time. It's nice they were so inclusive of their fans. Uh, the way this guy sings with a growl, he kind of sounds like a pansy version of the singer of Molly Hatchet. He actually looks, the lead singer of Molly Hatchet looks just like the lead singer of Saxon, but like he's wearing a fake goatee. And I pulled up a photo to show you. Uh-huh. Oh, Dave, the, the uh, official Dave. Is that Saxon? Yeah, that's Saxon. The official Dave. No, that's, like, that's Molly Hatchet. Oh, that looks like, um, uh, who's the who's the guy, the uh, uh, Tommy Shaw in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like David Spade as Tommy Shaw. <laughs> Another fun fact about Saxon is I wore a Saxon t-shirt to record this episode. Yes. This is the no. first appearance of Saxon, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. I, uh, I, I had a, uh, a good friend of the podcast uh, who lives in New York that will remain nameless. Uh, we bought tickets to see Judas Priest, and then he couldn't come into town because his parents were visiting. And I said, bring your parents. And he's like, nah. Um, so I called up old uh, Hollywood over here. Yep, he's he like, sure did. Hey, you want to go see Judas Priest? I got there, and there was a Saxon banner on the front of the, uh, the theater. And I thought, oh, shit, Saxon's going to be playing here soon. And then I realized Saxon was opening for Judas Priest. And that was a hell of a night. And Steve got a shirt. I sure did. And you know, wore it today. You know what? I just, I just came up with the genre idea of, as, the, as the series is ending. The new wave of British heavy fashion. <laughs> I bet you can find enough of these guys that sing songs about what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can. <laughs> and you know what? I'll bet somebody has a song called Throw Down the Gauntlet that would fit that category. So is that, would that be any like any stylized musical genre guy you're saying about what they're wearing? Like, it doesn't have to be this kind of music? No, these guys in particular. Okay. I guarantee you they sing about spikes and chains, le- a lot of leather, where their balls were, 
Yeah, but it's see, like Man of War did a uh, did a cover of We Wear Short Shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so they may have. Because they did. Uh, I was looking at a Man of War album cover last weekend, and the dude's balls are full-on falling out. It was great. It's like little little fur cod piece. You want fur, to talk? fur on fur is what they should have called that album. <laughs> Steve, do you have any? Uh, have any? I was gonna. I was gonna talk. The the Saxon. They were they were unique in the uh, NWOBHM scene because they were the band that sounded most like ACDC. None of that, none of that technical stuff. No operatic lead singer. Just good old meat and potatoes metal. But since it's working class England, I don't know. Maybe they called it like eel and kidney pie metal or yes. something. I don't know. Bangers and mash metal, cucumber sandwich metal, uh, spotted dick metal, bacon buddy metal. What's El- bacon buddy? Elvis like Costello metal. Oh, yeah. All right, but let's talk about what we came here to talk about, and that's metal. Saxon. Oh, and Saxon. Uh, this this one like the uh, like the last is a little personal. This guy's uh, got a chip on his shoulder, and instead of looking inward, he's walk and walking on a razor's on razor's edges and whatnot. He's fighting everybody. A nod to Saxon's hard scrabble identity. It's mostly outward, but when he goes, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's mostly outward, but when he says uh, he's taking all his chances, he's going to take them quick. He started at the bottom, and he's never going to, uh, and will end up at the top because he's never going <laughs> to stop. You know, that's pure metal. I just want to point out that they named their song Never Surrender, kinda, and you get that. Kind of sounds like a backdoor suggestion. Huh? Yeah. Bottom and top means other things than uh, male sex positions, Dave. Well, to be fair... In this in this genre of music, they really didn't. <laughs> yeah, next you're gonna tell me that "Ram It Down" is about uh, it's not about gay sex. It's about uh, it's about tight pants. Mm-hmm. It's about churning butter. <laughs> you gotta just ram it down and churn it. You can't bring pain upon the body of the ultimate warrior that I've never felt before. These things only raise. The intensity and the inferno of the power. Number eight. Ooh. <laughs> this, is a, Ooh. this is fun to find. This is a fun one to find. <laughs> yeah, here's an answer to a question nobody asked. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes metal needs to be cooled off. <laughs> Pop. Pop. Throw, throw a bucket of ice water on it, Ned Doheny style. <laughs> This, this guy must have, uh, what, what's a ALS? I haven't gotten to that this point. But he dumped ice water all over him. I'd say uh, this is more of a m- melodic metal. This is Michael Damien with Never Surrender from 1991's Dreams of Summer. <laughs> we, all, we, we all had this album. It's I'm a having, classic. I'm having Dreams of Summer right now now that summer's over. Okay, I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> You know, and with this soap opera good looks and the never surrender whispers, we're going to need Felder on this to help us not drop our pants. Am I right, boys? <laughs> Dreams of summer. I mean, you're, you can only listen to it nine months out of the year. <laughs> By the way, I, I dub, I dub uh, trying not to lose your virginity, Feldering. <laughs> we come out of this. By the way, Dreams of Summer is the album without rock on. Yeah, we on. know. We all had it, Steve. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling our listening audience. We He piqued their interest with rock on, and then we bought this one. 
This song kind of sounds like a deep cut off of a Roxette album. Everybody a big Roxette fan from the early 90s? Of course. Yeah. The Touch Joyride? Mm-mm-mm. Must have been love. Fading like a flower. Oh, Roxette. She's got the look. Uh, <clears throat> Dressed so, for success. <laughs> so Michael Damien, he was a star in Young and the Restless. Listen to your heart. Where you play? Where you played a struggling singer. Something that couldn't be further from the truth. Since Michael Damien released the 1989 number one song, Rock On, the cover of, of British actor turned singer David Essex's song. Uh, it was his first real hit since 1981 when he covered Eric Carmen's uh, Eric She Did It. Uh, luckily, Michael Damien never surrendered. And uh, now I think... And now I think he directs Hallmark Channel movies. That's correct. I looked this up. He directed and co-wrote A Princess for Christmas, starring Roger Moore as Edward, the Duke of Castleberry, who doesn't like Christmas trees. <laughs> also known as the candy-ass version of ACDC's Mistress for Christmas. Get these Christmas trees out of the manor. Out of Castleberry Manor. Oh, the stuffy Brits. How much did you pay for that Christmas tree? Our inheritance is dwindling. I need a, I need a, I need a, a young girl to marry. To be fair, the stuffy bird. Perhaps a princess for Christmas is what I should be asking for. To be fair, this Brits did the stuffy birds did invent Never Surrendering. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, did you did you watch the movie? Is is Never Surrendering part of the movie at all? I don't. I I, I I've probably seen part of the movie, but I don't really. You know, <laughs> they, you watch them all. You know, you watch it, but you just have it on all you day. You went home for the. You always go home for the holidays. Yeah, and we we, okay, we, yes. we just put the Hallmark Channel on yes. for the day, and the, it, all the movies it. kind of all blur together. Yes. Like after a while, you can't tell when a new movie has started. <laughs> but when you're asking for a human being for Christmas, that's something that you can never surrender on. Like that's a commitment you have to make and stick with. Yes. As many times as Santa's gonna say no. You gotta say I, that's what I want, Princess for Christmas. So, uh, so let's analyze. Oh, I, I, oh, sorry, I did one one other bit of research. Okay, I looked good, up, good, I good, looked good. up uh, the the chart position for er, the cover of Eric Carmen's "She Did It." Yeah, and uh, that Michael Danian single peaked on the charts at number sixty nine. That number will never not be funny, and I shan't back down on this stance. Right. Good, good it's, no surrendering, Steve. It's almost 70. And, uh, or, no, excuse me, never surrendering. Now, oh, jeez. Uh, oh, what? And now a word from our sponsor. With 69 grams of sugar, Crystal Pepsi will turn your diarrhea anything but crystal clear. It'll be muddy, and uh, but it will feel like you're shitting crystals. <laughs> crystal Pepsi. Okay. Back to the Beyond Yacht Rock. Crystal Pepsi is also my favorite stripper at Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's analyze this masterpiece. Okay, so he's talking. About, he's Her talking. Perfume about. smells like the urinals. <laughs> well, that's a cheap. That's a cheap first move. Yeah, we've all done that. You know, yeah. we run out of. Cologne, just take a cake and yeah, a little rub, rub little, it under your arm. Uh, the old German shower. Yeah. Kind of act three of a Feldering movie when <laughs> tables turn and he wants to get laid. Yeah. Uh, he's got to freshen up. Married. <laughs> he saved himself for marriage and now he's finally ready. And then his wife wants do? to bang him in the coat room of the reception hall and he realizes he smells from dancing so much to Christian rock. Uh, born again Feldering. Yep. Okay, so uh, but let's talk about this masterpiece. 
He's talking about standing your ground, turning it all around, taking it all the way. He's not offering a lot of concrete and tangible ways to do this, but he is providing a simple solution, never surrendering. By the way, I want to mention, there are no easy answers in life, except for one, and that's never surrendering. I just want you to, I just want you to, everybody to remember that. Okay. Yeah. Um, if, if you see those uh, police lights go on behind you, you never surrender. <laughs> yes, that's that's the only easy answer in life. You think Marion Cobretti surrendered? He did not. No, of course not. Um, so yes, yeah, uh, uh, you know, today we are finding that, that never surrendering is the cure all for every problem. For instance, if you're hungry, don't make food, never surrender. Bam, the hunger inside you that knows no bounds will finally be consumed by the fr- flames of perseverance. No easy answer pedaling here, just never surrendering. It's the hardest possible road, remember that. And it is still is an easy answer. That's some deep shit. Uh, Michael Michael Damon's really going for a, a George Michael thing on the on the chorus there. His voice. It's like it's like George Michael with Roxette as a backing band. That's a concert I'd oh, go see. I would definitely go see that. It's an astounding double bill. And this is kind of never Sir Jesus because he doesn't want you to surrender your soul. Uh, there's that's, a there's a, a lot of that's stuff pretty in there. it's pretty universal for be a Christian only. Yeah. Fun fact: he wrote this from conversion camp. <laughs> But there shall be warriors that shall fall, flesh burning, rise, bones walking, to accept the challenge of black magic you have placed upon me. Number seven. Did you make these, Hunter? Yeah, I made these for the first metal show. Would it kill you to put some Dusty Rhodes on there? No, it's... It's... He's talking to the warrior inside you. I know. That's the whole point of it, you dumb dick. Yeah, do you, do you make Dusty Rhodes bumpers for your European cowboy show? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I guess it maybe British Bulldogs. <laughs> they were they were known for their promos. Uh, okay. Hey, here's a song called Never Surrender. Ooh. <laughs> this one is by German band Bonfire from their album Point Blank from 1989. Right on the cusp of this sound going mainstream in the U.S. That's a joke. As you can hear, <laughs> this this one definitely has a hair metal bent, or maybe bald metal. Steve, did you uh, did you see these guys on any Adam Curry show or anything? I, I never heard of them, but uh, but when I was listening to this, as soon as that opening rip kicked in, I was like, "Whoa! Hunter found something sweet again." That guy's curiosity just never. Takes knows, a day off. It knows never surrenders, Steve. <laughs> what? what? It never surrenders. Also, Steve, you'll be happy to know that Bonfire worked with Desmond Child on one song called The Price of Loving You. This song, simply by being precious metal, though, rocks way harder. Yeah, I, I gave that I, I, I gave that Desmond Child song a listen, and it's a it's it's a solid Desmond composition. But this one actually does kick way more ass. Like they, these guys don't need Desmond Child. He's more for when you've already been to rehab. <laughs> no. You'd lose your edge. So who is Bonfire? You ask. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, they were formed in 1972 by lead guitarist Hans Ziller and his brother Carl as a kakumen, which means on top of the mountain in Latin. 
Uh, they, <laughs> they, I, I guess they exist. Cacumen? Cacumen. They, they, Cacumen. <laughs> they existed, uh, apparently, in Germany for nearly 50 years until someone with a better business sense said, hey, change that stupid fucking name. Somebody with acumen? <laughs> and, and they became Bonfire. Uh, and and they never surrendered hard and by this album founding member Hans was fired and the band was completely taken over by the dude wailing on this track Klaus Lessmann which which joined like he joined like a uh, I looked at him he joined like a an album ago kicked out one one ziller and then picked up a, the next and just took him over as bonfire he sure he's german <laughs> <laughs> More like Klaus Mormon. He's more of a man. Yes. Sounded like the religion. I think he may have never surrendered harder than anybody in the band. Yeah. Takes him never surrendering to kick out the two two founding members. So they could go back to being Kakumen then. (laughs) Turns out the name was still available. Uh, J.D., were you going to say your next thing? Oh, before we go further, Hunter, would you say that this is the ass-kicking this Never Surrender on the countdown, or is there something less likely to surrender and rock harder coming up? <laughs> this probably has the best the rock in a solo, I would say, and which we're listening to right now, which comes right after a uh, JFK speech to where, he, where he declared he was also a Berliner. And why was that in here? Well, this one's historical because Bonfire being German, and I can say with a thousand percent certainly West German, wrote a song about the Cold, more the Cold War, more specifically the Berlin Wall. Uh, well, that sort of takes the piss out of the internal struggle that defines metal. This one speaks about the shared and dual yearning amongst Cold War Germans, saying, "East and West, we all share the same desire. East or West." Your spirit is like fuel in the fire. Indeed, Bonfire, never surrender. That wall will fall one day. And with, with all the fascists rising up in Germany, I'm starting to think it would have been a good idea to keep that wall up so they have somewhere to pen in all the immigrants they're so mad about. That's not funny, but it's fascism's real. It's coming back. Vote.org, everyone. Don't let it happen here. Don't let it feel normal. Children, Trump's putting children in prisons. Vote.org. He's putting children in concentration camps. Vote.org. Your red state secretary of state has probably already purged your vote. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Ask for a provisional ballot. Never surrender. Never surrender that vote. Sorry. Got on a soapbox because I don't like genocides. Wasn't that happening in? You know, I got on a soapbox because I don't Obama's like Genesis. Wait, you don't know Genesis? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't the, weren't those Lamb things happening? Lamb lies down on Broadway. Weren't those things happening? Weren't those things happening in Obama's term too? He was keeping, yeah, but not to the same degree. Uh, he, he wasn't separating families to punish them for crossing the border. Okay, he was just separating them. He had to hold children because the family, the families were criminals. Well, Did never you, surrender. Yeah. Do you know what the uh, the how uh, the criminal offense that crossing the border illegally is? 
It's uh, classified as a misdemeanor, uh, yeah. punishable by, I think it was six months in jail and up to a $500 fine. Or and losing your child forever. Or, or just yeah, saying being shot in the head. Turn, turn around. Go back that way. Yeah. That's how they normally deal with it. Yeah, this song, this song, back to this song. This song kicks a lot of ass, even though it's about how all we need is love. Uh, which, uh, I guess that's okay if you're trying to use the love to kick the ass of a giant wall or something. As, as I listened to this, I couldn't believe how much it sounded like the Scorpions. And I figured that since these guys started in 1972, that the Scorps must have aped their sound. The Cockerman? Now, imagine my surprise when I found out that the Scorpions formed in 1965. Wow. That's the year after the Beatles came to the United States, and I can only assume that the Scorpions looked around and saw a huge hole that needed to be filled and started a band. Here I am, rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> That's their 65 version of it. Mm. It didn't go, it didn't go, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think the, I'm, try, I'm trying to, I think the Scorpions' first album was in like 72. And it was, it was a lot proggier. They started out as kind of a prog band, like a so prog band. They were together seven years before they released an album. Yeah. Well, they wow. had to wait for Michael Schenker to grow up enough yeah. to kick ass on the guitar to have like an album or two. Yeah, you just them. can't have Rudy. Yeah. Uh, they also had, uh, what's his name, Uli John Roth back in the day. And did their, uh, their, their Hendrix influence. I guess you should have brought this up when we were, did this show for two years. <laughs> Let's move on. Never surrender. The waters that could not come have attached themselves to the outer structure. They're seeping through, dealing me, feeding me with the power to survive. They ride on my back for my protection. Number six. See, this one's pretty rocking, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like Bonfire, we got some more hair metal. But this song with a, listen. Maybe I already mi missed it. Oh, wait, I'm reading the wrong one. Wait, am I? No, no. I'm reading the right one. Yeah. Oh, here it comes. Oh, there you hear that? Yeah. There it is. This time with a solid keyboard turd flourish in the open. <laughs> Did you hear that? It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> Very close to the original heavy metal. So this is Lion with the song Never Surrender from the Wraith soundtrack. Such a sweet fucking movie. Uh, I feel like these guys almost exclusively released soundtrack songs, but I looked it up. They had two albums. Oh, that's the same amount of Jackal Studio albums. <laughs> <laughs> Four Greatest Hits albums. <laughs> but seriously, check out the Wraith. The car from the Wraith recently uh, went up for auction on eBay. And uh, I considered it, but then realized that was fucking stupid. Great movie. Charlie yeah, Sheen. Yeah, save up for a pool. Yeah. That's my wife's argument whenever I want something cool. Like, boy, I really need this flying V guitar. She says you can't even play a C major scale and you want a pool. All right, Dave, you can spend your allowance on those five candy bars, but mm -hmm. that Nintendo game is just going to take longer. To... You also <laughs> about the Nintendo game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, J.D., I wanted to, I, uh, I wanted to go back to when you, you were talking about your political things and fascism. I want to say that our country never surrenders, and I believe that we are fascism proof here. And what you said about going and voting mm -hmm. is the thing that keeps us fascism proof. So go out and vote vote like what J.D. said. I just don't vote for fascists, okay? And it's really important. Yeah, that's an important part of the uh, 
equation. It's really important that we inspire our our massive 18 to 24 year old audience to get out there and vote because they vote in atrocious numbers. Of course, I'm kidding because our our uh, audience is a very old. Like, but the, every age votes at atrocious numbers when you yeah. really look at our democracy. Anyways, let's move on. I always thought Lion was a fake band that basically slayed the Transformer theme song and then disappeared like an interdimensional rock alien. But like I said, they had albums. Mm, two, two of them. <laughs> uh, they originally spelled their name like old scumbag Dave over here. <laughs> but uh, someone with better business acumen uh, told them to ditch the French. And uh, they were sort of a super group with guys coming uh, from bands with names like Titan, spelled with a Y. Who knows? <laughs> and an A, I guess. Uh, Lone Star. Spelled correctly. Yes. And Third Stage Alert. Also spelled correctly. Yes. Yeah, take your theory uh, and tell that to the guys in Sticks or Jackal, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually heard of Titan. They were like a, a fourth-tier new wave of British heavy metal band. Yeah. And I also, I, did, I, I looked, I was curious about where these guys, like, who are these guys? I've never really heard their yeah, stuff. Not an interdimensional rock alien. No. I, I found that the drummer of this band, Mark Edwards, used to play in the band Steeler with a young Yngwie Malmsteen. Ooh. And the reason that Lion broke up was that Mark fell off a cliff and broke his neck during a motocross race. Hmm. But he didn't die. No. His drumming career was over. But he worked hard, he made a successful recovery, and according to a press release I found on the internet, he works at a publicity firm in Texas. We talk about a guy with some stick to Hey, and if you wonder whether or not this story is true, just remember that this drummer is no longer lying. Because it's true. Yeah, good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Good one. Now, Steve, was Ingve Malmsteen in Chickenfoot, or was that Joe Satriani? That was and Joe and Satriani. why is that important? I don't know. No. <laughs> Later to replace by Neil Schoen. Is, is that important? <laughs> just trying Everything to about Chickenfoot's important. Just, just trying to start some improv. Do you, do you want to <laughs> talk about Alcatraz? Oh, yeah. Alcatraz with two Zs. Ingve I Malmsteen love this band after Steeler and before... Ingve Malmsteen's uh, Rising Force. Wait, what was uh, what was Billy Joel's metal band? Attila. Attila, yeah. I, I was the conf- organ and drums duo. Yeah, I always confuse Attila with Alcatraz. All right, back to the show. Good improv. Sing me a song. I am the organ man. Okay, the so drummer man's right there. We're the only two guys in the band. I'm never gonna surrender. Look at our long Trying flowing to get back hair. Into the show. Okay, so I feel made a rhyme. I feel like we're really starting to hit our metal stride right now. Uh, This one is rife with awesome cliches. Right at the top, we feed a hungry heart. He's got nowhere to run, which is why he'll never surrender. He's making vows to take it to the top, and he'll always remember how it feels to bring your dreams alive. I mean, there there may be some uh, few things lost in translation, but this guy knows how to never surrender. Fun fact about uh, the band White Lion. They took their name from this band but added the white on the front because they're horrible racists. (laughs) That's what pride was all about. They called themselves the Pride Boys. (laughs) (laughs) And their hit song, No Masturbation. Yep. Okay. uh, Talking about these cliches on our... 
music critics are way too hard on cliches sometimes. Sometimes you want, nay, you need the cliches. Just shot straight into your veins. And this song is like one-stop shopping for all the best cliches. I mean, this guy's back is against the wall for crying out loud. That cliche in the bush is worth one in the pussy. You know what I'm talking about, boy? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Felder. 50 songs from 50 soundtracks sounding in a track and here we go. 50 songs we have many of these left. In 2006 to 2011, MMA fighting was fulfilling its promise as a sport where people fight each other. And America was in the golden age of MMA feature films. With titles like Never Back Down, Never Submit, and Never Back Down 2, the reality of the brutal mixing of karate, kung fu, tai chi, and whatever the hell else wanted to mix in there was stimulating the imaginations of movie nears everywhere, especially movie nears that are MMA fighters themselves, such as Hector, motherfucking Echevarria. Hector is an Argentinian fighter who made his acting debut in an episode of Miami Vice in 1987. It was a season premiere, a two-parter. Uh, the bug spread, the acting bed, bed bug spread through his body. By 2009, not only had he fought a bunch of dudes in a cage, winning titles like Full Contact Fighter of the Year 2000, which yeah. I think meant that the dudes can uh, grab each other's boobs and butts while they... They, uh, had, to, they had to stay touching each other the entire time they fought. <laughs> yeah. And they Full contact at all times! And they couldn't use their hands. You can't let go. Uh, mouths are fine. But after all that glory, he also found that he had a story to tell, and that story was called Never Surrender. That's right. We're listening to a song called Never Surrender from the movie called Never Surrender, the only Never Surrender combo of the type in the world. So Hector... He took like 20 years after his acting debut to become an MMA fighter. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. This is 20 years... It took him 20 years after his acting debut to make this movie. Yes, he was in other movies, though. He had a TV show that was popular in Argentina. He made a series of movies in Argentina in the 90s. Um, but as far as his Never Surrender movie, which I'm sure is the most important movie he's ever made, because it's called Never Surrender, there's a song in it called Never Surrender, that took it 20 years. Because um, he never surrendered. Yeah. So Hector wrote, directed, and starred in this. It's the tale of an MMA champion who gets caught up in the world of underground fights. I think that's probably what every MMA fic fictitious movie is about. Um, <laughs> the MMA scenes in front of crowds look great. It looks like a real MMA fight. But then Hector used that same video camera to shoot the entire movie. So it looks like a porn. And the choreographed fight scenes are so incompetent. It's like if you were watching a porn directed by and starring a famous sexing champion, but all the sex scenes no, were just him. Still, it could still be a full contact champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, like in this, so this movie, say you're watching a movie of porn made by a famous sexing champion, but all the sex scenes were just him trying to put his dick in dude's belly buttons. Sounds like an MMA fight. <laughs> um, so this song it's never... It's called The Half Garden. <laughs> This song, Never Surrender, is by a group called Angry Chihuahua, 
which is really just a dude named Carlos Villalobos Jr. Most recently, Carlos has been a composer for all five seasons of the show Empire. But in 2001, he just come off his gig composing for Baywatch Hawaii, and he came to L.A. and rented Humphrey Bogart's old house, recording this song in his bedroom studio with a little help from Baywatch Hawaii star Charlie Brumbley, who happens to be our pal Mar Mark Tyke's mutual friend. Huh, our buddy? Yeah. Our buddy Mark Tyke? Our buddy Mark Tyke. Um, and the song was actually mixed in the bedroom of Kelly Hansen, what? who would go on to become the lead singer of Foreigner in 2005. <laughs> you Hansen. A position he's held ever since. Unfortunately, you can no longer see his see Kelly's autographed foreigner jeans on the wall next to the shitter at Guy Fieri's American <laughs> Kitchen in Times Square. But good news, Sammy Hagar is opening a joint there oh, soon. Maybe Carlos Villalobos Jr. can get us another pair of his pants. <gasps> oh, that'd be so great. Oh my god, that'd be great. Carlos. You know, you know. You're my bud. Okay. You know, being next to the shitter at Guy Fieri's American restaurant is the that's, primest yeah. seat in the house. You're going to get you, seen by that's the where you meet, That's where you meet all the dudes. Because <laughs> um, everyone's heading in. So the only way you can get this song is by doing what I did and contacting Carlos Villalobos Jr. on social media. I wasn't going to let the only song called Never Surrender from the movie called Never Surrender slip through the cracks just because it wasn't on the internet anywhere. No, sir. So we had a little email. He's a very nice guy. Congrats on finding a good use for social media, J.D. Yeah, finally. So today you can check out what Carlos is up to on Facebook, uh, CVJR Music, uh, on Twitter at Los Lobos Jr., at www.alistarrecords.com. And I like Carlos from our emails. You know, he's currently based out of Chicago. Grinding it out as a professional musician, like a real man, the way I He's never surrendering. What? He's never surrendering. No, not... Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. Like, the way I grind it out as a writer. Writing for Boss Baby Back in Business Season 2 on Netflix now. Very proud of that show. I think it's great. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I never surrender in believing in Boss Baby TV show. So, we may not be winning Oscars and Grammys, but me and Carlos are like the undercard MMA fighters of aspirational professions. Not everyone can be Hector Eschevaria, but there's still room for ass kickers who never surrender. Yeah. JD, it's okay if we say never surrender a few more times. I know, I know, I know. He's just slipping in there as much as possible. Escavaria? JD, if it were up to me, you would win an Oscar and a Grammy for this week's uh, 50 States and or 50, what, what do we do? Soundtracks. 50 soundtracks yeah. segment. It was perfect. I'm going to make a movie out of it. Yeah? Yeah, like a, like a guy, he's trying to find a song, and he emails the guy who wrote it, and then they hey, sort And then of, they both fall into, uh, like, pit fighting. <laughs> he's he's got to overcome his own natural inclination towards trolling to write a nice email to this guy. Yeah. You know, um, you know what would be a good training montage is if you uh, fight the bear that hangs out around your house. Oh, yeah. I love that bear. He's my god now. Yeah. That bear's never... I got a bear-proof um, garbage can. You yeah. better fucking believe that bear's never going to surrender to that thing. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was playing with it the other day. I was real impressed with it. I've heard stories of bears dragging bear-proof <laughs> garbage cans through the neighborhood to their dens to try to crack into and uh, dropping them off cliffs, trying to trying to get that sweet, that sweet trash treasure inside. <laughs> The mayor broke in and he was enjoying a baguette. 
<laughs> Stale baguette. Baguette and diapers. <laughs> well, it's a dipping I sauce. I'm a dead end Dipping diapers. Number five. Oh, man, we're only on number five. Still got enough tape left in this thing? <laughs> yeah, looks like we're okay. You don't have to open another three-pack no, of tapes. <laughs> this is kind of low. I'm going to turn this up a little bit. Well, I can turn it up on my end. I've been turning things down. Okay. Let's start it over from the beginning, because this has got a good opening. You've got a good opening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, let's go around the table here, guys. Uh, pronounce this band's name. Sherbet. 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 Come on, you fuckers. Say it like a Michigander. Sherbert. <laughs> Sorbet. Sorbetto. It's a, say it again, Jason. Sherbert. Sherbert. Well, it's Sherbert. I didn't Michigan. start out in Michigan. Shut up, Steve. I, I learned the phonetic way before we, we moved there when I was 10. You're supposed to never surrender talking like somebody from Michigan. Some call, most, most dialects in this country <laughs> leave out R's. Michiganders add R's wherever they can. I think a lot of the country says Sherbert, but I don't know why. But yeah, we say Sherbert. One of my t-shirt, one of my t-shirts. T-shirts. One of my teachers said uh, Washington. Washington. That's an Indiana thing. Wash the dishes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's like a. You brought that up from the South and the Michigan. Um, <laughs> south Indiana. <laughs> Hoosiers, the people that Michiganders look down upon. <laughs> well, most all the Midwest. Fucking Hicks. Our bit of the Midwest, that state. The country had diarrhea when I was thought, Indiana. I always thought I, Ohio was, but. Indiana's worse. I lived in both places. Yeah. All right. Well, uh. Uh, this is Ohio that. never elected Pence. This is Sherbert uh, with their song Never Surrender from their 1980 album The Skill. Actually, people were calling them the Sherbs by this point, so everyone's off the hook. And super cool. <laughs> Fun fact, the uh, album title The Skill was never meant to be ironic. Huh. I, I, I found a website, Hunter. Uh, oh, good. Explaining Steve that, found a website. Explaining that name change. Apparently, according to this website, Sherbet broke up in 1979, but then reformed in 1980 oh, as God. the Sherbs with the exact same lineup. Those guys, they just didn't want to stop doing their thing together. Oh, I see what you're doing now, Steve. You son, caught on. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Took me five <laughs> songs. <laughs> <laughs> never surrendered being an idiot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what you're saying is true. And apparently in, in the in-between time, their, uh, their last album when they were Sherbert was released in uh, the U.S. under the name Highway. Um, because that's what America likes. Also, be- sure do. Also, because we didn't know if to call him Sherbert or Sherbet. <laughs> um, it failed that album. Um, so they were became the Sherbs. Uh, should I mention they're Australian? And they had two number one songs there, and they were the first Aussie band to break a million in sales. Uh, they also lost an Australian Battle of the Bands to Bon Scott's band Fraternity. How about those fun uh, Wikipedia fun facts? Hunter, I, I don't know if that million 
first Australian band to sell a million albums is accurate because... Well, it was only 30,000 U.S. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I, re- I couldn't believe that the Bee Gees weren't ahead of them on that. I recently had an Australian staying at my house, uh, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. I let him through the door. We saw him. And uh, he was trying to name bands that were big in Australia and didn't make it in America. I guess Foster's Puddings would it be that genre. Powderfingers seemed to be a big one in the 90s. Um, so did this one come up? I said, how about Sherbert? And he said, <laughs> yeah, Sherbert. Yeah. Well, by the way, I, I love... Sounds Australia. accurate. I love Australians now. I think Australians are the best. Not only my friend Dean who stayed here, he was lovely and wrote me a, a lovely email afterwards. Yeah. Also, I have a co-worker who's going to become a citizen next week. She's from Australia. She married an American. At first, I thought he was unlucky, uh, but she's wonderful and kind. Uh, who knew? I just had to meet a couple Australians that turned my heart around. Yeah. I thought that they were pieces of shit. It only took two. It only took two humans, huh? Yeah. I mean, like it was like I was talking to one Australian one day, and then a different one the next, and then there was another one. Like there was a point at work because there's another Australian that used to be on our show, and now it's at a different show, but it's the same building. Australia taking over your show? They were talking to each other. A third of our episodes are produced, storyboarded, and directed in Australia. Uh, they were talking to each other, and I was like, man, these people are great. Yeah, look who drank the fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, this guy's surrendering. <laughs> look who ate that. This guy mic. fucking surrendered. Yes, it. I, got, I was just listening, and I heard it loud and clear. Yeah, why don't you go root a map of Tassie, you bogan? All right, guys. You talk, you talk to a couple Australians a couple days in a row. Your hearts will turn around, too. I've always loved Australians. Oh, okay. Well, I listen to this Australian band. Except for Silverchair. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, no. I listen to this Australian band and uh, this song, and this one's a tough one because I, I couldn't find lyrics online, and boy, is it difficult to understand with, this, with those thick Australian accents. Only words I could make out for sure was kangaroo, wallaby, and crikey. But the rest, I think, they're... Uh, <laughs> they're you okay? What happened? I had too much Crystal Pepsi. I got okay. I gotta throw it back. But uh, but the rest, I, from what I could pick up, I think they were on tri- on trial for harming a kangaroo, and everyone, including the jury, is against them, even though it was really a wallaby. Nevertheless, he's gonna get a gun to pr- protect himself. But crikey, no, he's instead he'll never surrender. So that's how you get out of a out of a guilty verdict. When you, if you ever go to if you ever go to get a court case. Don't mount a defense. Just never surrender. There's a really great Australian movie that my Australian co-worker turned me on to that's called, uh, what's it called? It's called The Castle, and it's about like a, a quirky little family who's going to lose their house to an airport, and the dad never surrenders. He keeps fighting all the way to the Supreme Court of Australia. Does he win? I don't know. But he never surrenders. Uh, so on this one, <laughs> the music is perfect. Uh, I just wish uh, uh, more was discussed about reaching for the sky inside of uh, his burning heart. Um, but inner strength is discussed, which is why never surrendering is more powerful than a gun. They make that clear, these Aussies. I think Australia might be the one place where there's more guns than human, uh, there's more guns to humans than the U.S. But they're all like shotguns, right? Uh-huh. Like rifles, like, like... I don't know, why don't you ask your Australian friends, you turncoat? I will, I will. Um, I've heard this song before. Did I turn you on to this? 
Did I send you, it to you? You mentioned this, and I had already. It was already on my list, but you, okay. you were super excited about yeah, giving this to me. I looked so. at this song a good amount. Yeah. Victory was mine once, and it will be again. My opponent only knows defeat, and I will not deny him. Number four. Okay, here's some heavy, heavy metal with a solid Zeppelin-esque opening. Uh, this is Triumph with Never Surrender from their 1982 album Never Surrender, uh, which is a real rarity because Never Surrendering is hard to live up to, and they named two things that. And they're also their name is Triumph. So, well, I guess it was easy for them. If their name's Triumph, they already knew what the outcome was going to be. Uh, Triumph would go on to break up in 1993. Aww. But here they are rocking it. Uh, this guy really sounds like Getty Lee a lot. Well, there's a reason, Steve. These guys, too, were a Canadian power trio. Are historically known as CPT, which I always thought included the band Saga, but I later found they had like six members. Mm-hmm. They were a double-powered Canadian power trio. Yeah, like Honeymoon Suite. <laughs> Uh, but Triumph, uh, they had the song Magic Power, thus they are awesome. Uh, they formed in 1975 with members Rick Emmett, Mike Levine or Levine, and Gil Moore. And they never surrendered till about 1988, till uh, Rick left. And they did the thing where they replaced him and, and didn't do very well. Uh, then they got back together in the mid-aughts to play casinos. Uh, never surrender, never surrendering, guys. <laughs> Never, never surrender to a slot eating all your loons, eh? You know, uh, Mike Levine, I think, was the uh, one of the first people that Avril Levine married in her quest to bang every Canadian rocker. Boy, the, did we have this conversation? Did I have that with you? No, I must have had it with somebody else. She, she was boning, boning around with Chad Kroger, and she was boning around with a guy from Sum 41. Probably sucked off half a Red Rider. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm glad it went to that because <laughs> I was waiting for a good punchline. And there it was. So, yeah, Triumph. Being Canadian, I would assume this song's about hockey. Uh, they got a great opening line here Out in the streets, inspiration comes hard. Which, if it's about hockey, it makes perfect sense. And they fucking nailed it. Translation Triumph for Canadian is never surrendering hockey. Yeah. Uh, this song would be higher, except this Canadian power trio uh, was trying to uh, rush it and uh, spent too much time noodling. Because in Canada, the definition of rush means the exact opposite. It means take as long as you want and let everyone have a solo. Um, <laughs> the rest of the world, world it's, uh, you know, means go quickly. Uh, you know, but the chorus speaks, uh, it, it, it speaks for itself as a top fiver. It says, never surrender, keeps your dreams alive. Never surrender, hold your head up high. Uh, well, there it is. Uh, these guys know how to never surrender. Yeah, I don't I don't think they have enough drums. We can use maybe 14, 15 more toms on that set. Maybe a piece of plywood and a couple of gongs. <laughs> hey, this song is almost seven minutes long. It really feels like these guys are never going to stop playing. Well, they're rushing it, Steve. That's what I was talking about. I lay inside wondering if the warriors that speak to me, do they want in? 
Do they want out? Do they want to go to the place I am headed? Number three. Hunter's got a smile on his face listening to me. He's like, these are his son. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he invented this guy. You know, the thing is, I have a smile on my... Wait, what? Like, you invented this guy. Like, this guy's your responsibility, and you're so proud of him. Of the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. I was more of a Hulkamaniac, but I love the Ultimate Warrior. Um, no, I'm just... I'm smiling because I haven't heard these in, like, a year and yeah. a half. And so it's, it's, it's fun to listen back to them again. Um, hey... This is a this is a kick-ass song called Never Surrender by the band Giant in all caps. Okay guys, let's play another game without looking it up. Sure bit. When was this song made and guess the 80s movie it was in? 87 and I'm going to say Short Circuit 2. 89 Chevy Boys. I looked it up before oh, I read the instructions. It's 2010, and it wasn't in an 80s movie. <laughs> you fuckers. Only, only no fun Steve over there. I knew, I knew you'd look it up. Well, I was hoping I'd get at least two. I was like, oh, is this the same giant? Because I remembered these guys. Like, they had, they had a medium-sized hit power ballad called I'll See You in My Dreams back in, like, 89. It's on some versions of the... Uh, Monster Ballads compilations that were uh, sold on TV back when you yeah, I remember you could them. CDs off of television. I remember yeah. them. So we I all finally, had Monster Ballads. We finally got to hear Enough is Enough. Yeah. Fly high the shelf. Yeah, I knew, I knew I wouldn't get anybody with Sherbert unless they unless they were gonna play along. But I thought I'd get I'd get at least one of you guys on this in 2010. But seriously, does this sound like 2010? This is the no. best attempt as a, at a hair metal song I've, I've heard since about 94. Yes. Yeah, this is the equivalent of watching uh, Michael Winslow comedy special from 1994 and then realizing it was made in 2010. <laughs> but they're, they're really putting a lot of like effort into these hooks. Like, this is really... This is an actually solidly constructed song, and it sounds like they... It sounds like they're trying. It sounds like they're... No, they're make, trying. It, so, it sounds like they theoretically could get this on a soundtrack somewhere. So, so yeah, so this is from their, uh, this is from their regular album from 2010 called Promise Land. Um, and this is a great song. These guys are, were a rare hair metal band from Nashville. Uh, when they started, they consisted of uh, Dan and David. These guys were around. I didn't. I didn't put the year, but they've been around since the since the mid '80s. Um, uh, when they started, they consisted of Dan and David Huff, Alan Pasqua, who composed the CBS News theme, apparently. Whoa! And uh, Mike Brig <laughs> Brignardello. I just wanted to see if I could pronounce that name. Uh, now Giant is just David Huff and a lot of state fairs. <laughs> so this is what they mean when they talk about the Nashville sound. <laughs> this is it. Uh, okay, so I think this one's religious. You mentioned a little re religious religiosity in the, earlier. I think, a, I think a lot of these Never Surrenderings, they take a little bit of the Holy Spirit in there. Um, some of these songs have danced around the, that... Uh, around that theme, but this one's guys, these guys actually say Jesus, uh, which goes against finding your inner warrior, but whatever. Well, I disagree because uh, the Lord, his son, Christ, the Jesus is inside of us all and fights for our souls every day, Trump 2020. <laughs> that is not funny. 
Uh, whatever, we got some uh, we got some awesome licks and we got some uh, gr great lines like uh, "You're gonna fly, keep walking the wire," which I assume is on fire. I, that was me putting that in. Yeah. Um, also, they let it be known that it's hard to go against the grain on the road where dreams are made. So you know, this is the reason why you should never surrender. I have to listen to this song. I never realized that these guys were a stealth Christian band, but I guess that explains why their their other MTV song back in '89 was called "I'm a Believer" and had a bunch of religious tropes in it, even though he was singing it to a girl. But uh, yeah, I, I looked I, when I looked these guys, I'm like, oh, is this the same giant? Uh, so both Dan and David Huff started their careers in a Christian band called White Heart. I assume also because they were uh, huge racists, like yeah. White Lion. Also, like uh, uh, also totally secret, secret Christian. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's my theory about them, it's still Christian. Uh, Dan was a session guitarist during the 80s with some big-name credits. I didn't bother to list those for once. Uh, he's, also, he's also won Producer of the Year at the Academy of Country Music Awards twice, and... Musician of the Year from the Country Music Association three times. That sounds like a guy who just keeps chugging along. <laughs> yeah, that's like what I said in my bone. Steve, they're never surrendering. Uh, they're what? <laughs> that's why people go Christian and uh, uh, country because uh, it's a lot easier when your fan base isn't that smart. You know, I, I forgot to mention these guys won a lot of awards. Triumph was nominated for a lot of Junos. Shitload, yeah. They had a, a fucking dump truck full of nominations. But they never won. I, nope. I don't believe they ever won. Not, not even as a, you know a Juno is a Canadian band making mainstream progress in you know, the United States. You know, you know how they weren't good enough for a Juno? They put magic, magic, what's it? Magic power. Magic so power. Won. Magic power. power should have swept. Yeah. We had to look up what won the Juno that year. I asked, asked got to be right yeah, I, I just said rush. rush. They got rush. Steve's on it. Listen, one oh, thing. One he's guy, checking his Twitter. Find out who who won the Juno Award the year that Magic Power came out. Um, for best that, song. I think that was on anything. No, was that on Allied Fort? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Maybe. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Listen, but here's a here's the thing we gotta talk about because nobody mentioned that Dan Huff is spelled with two N's. And that's what I call never surrendering to the end of your name. Thank you. <laughs> the warrior only breathes the air of the brave, and the warrior only feasts on the fruit of victory. Number two. Never surrender. There we go. What's this one called? I'll tell you in a second, Dave. Let me get there. I'm sorry. I'm excited. Okay, what metal list would uh, would be complete without a Stan Bush song? Not this one. Here's a uh, here's a metal's most pro prolific artist with his song "Never Surrender" from the Kickboxer soundtrack, and then later his compilation "Call to Action." Here's the thing: this song gets you pumped up for not just boxing. But also kicking. That's it's, fucking difficult. It's the denim and leather of sports. <laughs> Kick, you know, Kickboxer was uh, one of, if not the first MMA movie. So I guess uh, songs they never surrender are perfect for cage matches. Mm -hmm. Your back's to the wall. No, I think... <laughs> I didn't even know that lyric was coming. I, I would say, I don't, I don't think Kickboxer is an MMA movie, but Bloodsport was. Okay. But, but whatever. 
Yeah. He also did the music for that one, too. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so I talked about Stan, Stan Bush in the heavy metal show. Uh, he's, uh, he's pure metal. Uh, just a sweet dude from Florida. That, that uh, Stan Bush. Um, oh, oh. Uh, is there, there any, any other kind is of... Is there any, any other kind of dude from Florida? <laughs> yeah. Sweet ones. Fred Durst. Yeah, okay. Jimmy Buffett. All right. And uh, my half-brother. And Rick Scott. Yeah. Yeah, vote uh, vote for the governor, the senator you already have, whatever his name is. Oh, boy, he's in trouble. Yeah. I don't even remember his name. Bill Nelson? Bill Nelson. Vote Bill Nelson. Super memorable name. Yeah, he won't murder people on a mass scale. Anyway, that's a, promise, that's a promise you can keep. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, more about sweet dudes from Florida. Stan Bush. Um, I'm sure, uh, well, it didn't get mentioned the first time I talked about Stan Bush. Was that uh, in the heat of his creative fire, his backing band was called Barrage. Yeah. Which is also sweet. And they released, guess how many albums, Dave? Two? Two albums together. <laughs> <laughs> um, they should get together with the band Sabotage and make a band called Sabotage. Have four you albums. Your, have four you're, albums. In, you're, in your, you're in your portmanteaus. I don't know. I'm all hyped up on Pepsi Clear. <laughs> bouncing off the walls here, Hunter. <laughs> so, 69 grams of sugar. I think I am too. Hey, guys, the Juno Award winner in 1981 uh, for best group was Prism. Motherfuckers. What about best rock song? I don't know if they had that award. Right, we'll keep looking. Never surrender looking. I'm looking through 82 to see if there was any trace of Triumph. Maybe maybe the nominations for that album came out the next year. Hey, the song's right. about to end. Never surrender. Oh, April that Wine and Rush were both nominated for Group of the Year that year also. So Triumph was not nominated for group of the year. The album of the year that year was Ann Murray's Greatest Hits. <laughs> <laughs> was that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Michael J. Michael J. Fox does the Family Ties theme. <laughs> <laughs> hey, from last year's show, Michael J. Fox singing Family Ties. Shana. Okay. Um, back to Stan Bush. He was also uh, originally in a band called Boulder. Which, Dave, guess how many albums they had? I'm going to go with two. They had one album oh, in 1979. <laughs> had one album in 1979, <laughs> uh, which is an album I'd like to find in a bargain bin. Um, honestly, this song takes the cake for, uh, for Never Surrender Metal. Uh, Stance talks about the blood of mighty warriors, the heart of a warrior, burning passion deep inside. Uh, it's a silent power, that burning passion. And these are just some of the lines I hope you reach deep down and find the, I don't know, find something. I feel like every analogy has been taken. How about finding the fudge of glory? Does that work? <laughs> uh, with the uh, with some of the backdoor suggestions you've made, it works a little too perfectly. Finding <laughs> the fudge of glory. Never surrender, boys. And the Juno for best spoken word goes to Alan Thick reading the the starting lineup of the 1981 Habs. Eh? Stan, you know Stan Bush. You think about his legacy. 
He's the kind of artist who will never achieve widespread critical recognition as Steve, a master of his craft. Steve, I just want to mention, you're the kind of artist that would call Stan Bush an artist. <laughs> you're goddamn right I would. Because make no mistake, Stan Bush was a master of his chosen craft. And the problem is that not enough people think of his craft as a legitimate endeavor. But you know, not everybody is going to recognize genius when they hear it. That's why you've got to ignore the naysayers and follow your muse and just don't stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if you're right about that spoken word, Juno. I think it went to Alex Trebek for reading the answers on Jeopardy. Oh, that was a 86 Juno. Oh, you're right. How could I forget? <laughs> what an upset. <laughs> hey. And and the you, Juno, you the guys, Juno. you guys, you guys, save some of these for the next song. Hey, the Juno. This guy's from Florida. Hey, don't forget the Juno for best country rock goes to the Boulder in front of Burton Cummings House. Eh? Good job, Burton. <laughs> really needed a big front loader to get that baby there. Yeah. Uh, all right, we we got that out of the way. Let's go to Tim Hortons, eh? <laughs> Brought to you by Tim Horton, 69 uh, kilograms of sugar, or 69 milligrams of sugar in every donut, eh? Have the croissant breakfast sandwich. The bacon's round, you fucker. <laughs> Regular bacon. That makes sense. Hey, sometimes we need a little cool down. Don't you be coming around here with your American bacon and your carton of milk. And the Juno for record of the year goes to Wayne Gretzky for breaking the all-time scoring record. Good job, Wayne. Enjoy this milk from a bag. (laughs) (laughs) And some ketchup chips. Uh, so now that we love Australians, we're, we got to pick on Canadians, eh? Oh, I love Canadians. No, I love their simple hillbilly ways. Yeah. Yeah. They're such a simple people. <laughs> They're like America's simple, simple hat. Canada's a took for us all. I was watching a... Uh, Okay, I was watching one of those uh, dumb. I think it was called Lizard Lick Towing. It was it was a dumb uh, a reality show about a bunch of bumbling hicks from like I don't know North Carolina or Nova Scotia. No, 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 somewhere in the south in the south of the U.S. Well, so, Southern Nova Scotia, me, Winnipeg. Let me get there, Dave. So I'm, I'm watching this dumb show. It's it's on the screen. You can't hear it, but we just see these bumbling. Hicks from the, from the south of the U.S. And I'm sitting there with a, can- a Canadian. He's like, I think this is I think this is a Canadian show. And I'm like, why? And he's like, look at these dumb Hicks. They're probably from Saskatchewan. And I was like, don't you think they're from the U.S.? And he's like, no, these guys are definitely Canadian. No, they were they're from the south. So, and so anyways, what you're saying is holds true. Hmm. We sat there at the bar waiting. We knew we'd see a flag, 
and we were we were betting on whether or not it was going to be a Canadian flag or uh, you know the stars and bars. Turned out to be the stars and bars. I won. It's like a like a king waiting for his knights to return from battle to see what flag was flying. Okay, <laughs> so here we need a cool down, and there's uh, nothing wrong with showing some. Canadian emotion on this. This is metalcore, if you will. This is Corey Hart with the greatest Never Surrender of all time. It's Never Surrender from his 1985 album, Boy in the Box, which I assume is the penalty box. I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to get both of Corey Hart's big hits in the show. It took us a while, you know, a lot of bumps in the road, but we got there. It's a real testament to perseverance in the face of adversity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was George Orwave, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so episode eighteen, eh? So Corey Hart, really, he's really the man who kicked off the Corey fad of the eighties, right? Yeah. He was a squinty-eyed heartthrob yeah. from Montreal. Clearly the best Corey. Uh, how's this for some more fun facts about Corey Hart? He was initially offered the role of Marty McFly in Back to the Future, but declined before Stoltz. Yeah, before before that horrible screen test, but just declined to focus on winning Juno Awards, which he did, because yeah. this guy never surrenders. He was also offered the song Danger Zone, to which what? yeah, and said no thanks. To which Kenny Loggins happily said, "Yoink!" <laughs> I guess Corey Hart's Danger Zone would have been better. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna. I welcome all covers, comers into the cage for that one. I'll uh, never surrender from that opinion. No, I'd love to see a danger zone off. Yeah. Everybody brings their A-game danger zone. You know what? Corey Hart can show up with his flat pack of cigarettes and his raisin soda. <laughs> Everyone should cover danger Stub zone. Throw his flat, stubby cigarettes. Throw his, throw his toque in the ring. Okay, like I said, this type of metal is very emotional. There's a yearning to dig deep and find the fudge of glory. This is nearly a five-minute song, but he doesn't say much, but what he does say is powerful. He mentions uncertainty bringing you down, and while only you can help yourself, the solution is to never surrender. That's the easy answer. And on a cold and dark night, you can find the light, and no one can take your right to never surrender. This is a perfect pep talk for never surrendering. It even has a jaunty reggae beat. So never surrender. You know what I mean? That's what you guys got to do. Never and, surrender. And the Juno, oh, the Juno for best children's album goes to Anne Murray's nephew Gordy's first grade yearbook. <laughs> Good job, Gordy. It's class. That was grade one. I'm sorry, his grade one grade, yearbook. Grade one. <laughs> I blew it. Wait, there were like eight Gordys in that class that year. Hey, Gordy Murray. Gordy Gee and Wayne. <laughs> I, after this episode, I feel like a, a fucking idiot for ever having considered any type of surrender at any point in my life. Uh, so I think this episode has inspired me. I'm going to fly home and fight all those giant rednecks who hated me in high school. Steve, I got a better idea. What's that? I think you should fly home. Yeah. I think you should make them all fall in love with you uh, and then break their hearts. You break their fucking hearts. Probably... It probably would work with at least a couple of them. You know how those things go. You fight them, it enrages them. You break their hearts, it they sink it into themselves. Their souls. Yeah, yeah. You can never, 
Men never recover from a broken heart. No. No. You can only never surrender. Mm-hmm. So, what didn't make the list? I got one. There's a song called Never Surrender. <laughs> what didn't make the list? Me. Me, me, me. I got one. There's a song called Never Surrender from a DJ named Never Surrender. It's That's kind pretty of, on brand. Yeah, it's kind of new metal and also a Ved Ringer. Uh... This song is 2018 fresh. And in April of 2017, Never Surrender played the main stage of the Dominator Festival. Oh, sounds like a lot of leather there. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a couple, um, I looked at some footage, I saw a couple of uh, steampunk glasses. But mostly it's like, it's metalheads who love to dance like uh, dance club people. It's really, it was a bizarre looking Metalheads with a D or a T? With a T. Okay. Well, I'm not going you, to that. You know, you know the Dominator Festival is leather because it was denim. It would have been the Denimator Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I found a hunter. So I really appreciate you getting Iron Maiden in the show at the You're welcome. But I can't believe And you, Saxon. I, uh, yeah, and Saxon. Holy shit. But I can't believe you passed up a chance to put an Agent Steel song in the, in the same episode because they've got a Never Surrender on their cult classic Unstoppable Force album. They, s- they certainly do. That is it. And, and I say that I'm surprised because you're like the second person I've ever heard mention Agent Steel in conversation. Yeah. Um, I didn't put this in here because the vocals are too hilarious. <laughs> this is a type of squeal metal that's, uh, you know... Hard to hard to listen to for an hour. The guy's going wee. Listen. Yeah, this guy's giving Jim Gillette a real run for his money. I could listen to this all night long. Uh, I was gonna put this into a into, yeah. uh, into a we were we were talking show. about uh, type of singing. We were talking about the band Blitz before the podcast. Yeah, Dave had one. Uh, Hunter was talking about one that didn't make it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that old Oi band that may or may not be skinheads. Yeah. Uh, They had a song, what was it called? uh, Never Surrendered. Yeah, Blitz. Uh, Also, uh, for a while I thought uh, King Cobra was a no surrender, but it was Never Say Die. No. Doesn't fit. And then, of course, Bruce Springsteen, no retreat, no surrender, but we've already discussed that. And Judas no Priest, surrender is not Judas is Priest, never not yeah. a no surrender. Judas Priest also had a no you know, surrender. There's another funny no surrender. There's a band called We Surrender, and they they had a song called No Su- or Never Surrender. Yeah, those guys were confused. There's a lot of Never Surrenders, fellas. There's a lot of Never Surrenders. I put into Spotify. I, uh, I got a plug. A uh, good friend of mine, Mike Burns, has a podcast called Power Moves. If you're not... If you're not listening to it, you're a goddamn fool. It's a pretty good podcast. It yeah. incorpor- incorporates the spirit of his dad boner podcast without mm-hmm. being a dad boner podcast. Yeah. Um, I listen to it and I love it. Um, hey. hey. Juno for most promising group of the year goes to the the damn Donaldson's next door. The Donaldson kids borrowed my hockey gear and promised to give it back. They keep... Borrowed, borrowed my snowblower, promised yeah. to give it back. I showed them, though. I went over and shoveled their driveway, and I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> then they cleaned it up with my own blower. Really burned them good. Um, 
Go to yachtrock.com for useful experience. Send questions via Twitter at yachtrock. Like yachtrock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yachtrock on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Themes by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Uh, thanks to producer Matt Brusso. Hey JD, I got a question for you while we while we while this plays us out. Yeah. So you wanted to get a Never Surrender in there. Yeah. You wanted the, the Never Surrender show for a long time. And I was like, I think it's a metal show. Mm-hmm. Did I convince you that the Never Surrenders are metal? Oh, yeah. You can't not make a, a metal song when you write a song called Never Surrender. Yep, that's what it's I true. found. It's true. Uh, um, I, can't, I don't have any more Juno jokes. I'm trying to find one more. One more. And the Juno Award goes to the capital of Alaska. <laughs> Juno. Oh, this is funny. This is a real one. Uh, all right. Inter- International Album of the Year goes to the Juno goes to Double Fantasy by John Lennon. International Album of the Year, eh? Not a joke. Do you think? Do you think the Junos have like a a, a lifetime achievement award and a we're sorry award for not giving you a Juno? Do you think the do you think Triumph could win, win the we're sorry sorry yeah, award? I looked. I looked up Tri when I googled Triumph Juno. Uh, the only award that came up was the they were inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. So oh. that was their sick, their Juno. Sick burn. <laughs>